You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Sunny. Yesterday my life was filled with rain. Sunny. You smiled at me and really eased the pain. Now the dark days are done and the bright days are here. My sunny one shines so sincere Sunny one so true I love you uh, to know him is to love him, ladies and gentlemen. I got to tell you that Keith never let Sonny Thomas come on without requesting that. Uh... I'm your manager, and this is your theme song. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sonny Thomas, I will tell you this: not only is he a great guy and a good friend, he's an organizer, an activist, a radio man in his own right. Uh, he, along with Rick Tyler, I would say, are the two most underutilized guys in this movement. Both of them should have that golden microphone that Rush Limbaugh had. These are two of the best commentators and insightful. Analyst that we just need to talk Sonny into uh, matching Rick in uh, uh, human reproduction. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, in, doesn't Rick have something like 20 children? Yeah, small towns can't match Rick in that category. But anyway, Sonny, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Great to have you back. Oh, it's always good to be back on a political cesspool. I feel like I've actually come home. <laughs> You're always home with us. Now, let's cut through a few items. I know you've got something you want to bring to the audience tonight, but uh, we are going to just uh, kind of blitz through the latest news and headlines and current events. Trump wins Iowa. No surprise there. We said he was going to march through the caucuses like Godzilla. Got more than 50% of the vote uh, over the entire field, not just a single candidate. Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, as Rick Tyler called him, the amazing Hindu, he has bowed out. He's already on the campaign trail with Donald Trump. You make Tim it, Scott, too. Do you make it? Yeah, Tim Scott <laughs> it's back uh, endorsing Trump while Nikki Haley's still out there. But do you make anything of that, uh, uh, Sonny, or did none of that uh, blow your – well, I can't say skirt up, but any of that get you <laughs> no, excited, no. or is that just? Uh... I, I was actually really interested in Ramaswamy because a lot of stuff he was talking about is dead on, and what's interesting enough is he's an American first candidate, so um, he is kind of like Alex Jones said, he's kind of like a spare tire compared to what, what uh, Trump is. But that being said, um, I think that's very much a contender in the future because um, we're getting to the point where the baby boomer generation is starting to turn things over to the next generation. So I could see Ramaswamy in the future um, definitely being a player in politics. But obviously, well, well, I think he certainly showed, parlayed. Well, I was just going to say, I think he's part I think Ramaswamy's. Yeah, the DeSantis has definitely shown that he's not um, out the stuff. My, my biggest issue with him is uh, two things. One is he should finish he should have focused his second term as governor of Florida so that way he'd have two full successful terms as governor and then go forward from there. But what really, really upset me most about DeSantis is that uh, he pushed a bill to have his uh, colleges and universities, major universities there in Florida, uh, you cannot criticize Israel or the Jew. And one thing that really pisses me off the most is that, that that piece of legislation he was going to sign, he didn't sign it in Tallahassee, gentlemen. He signed it in Tel Aviv. That's a serious issue, and I, I actually would ask Keith about that 
would that be a major ethics violation because of the fact that he's supposed to be certifying a bill into law, and he says he's not dealing within the confines of not only his state nor in the union, would that be considered null and void if not uh, some other uh, issue? I mean, that, to me, that's borderline sedition, and if not treason. Well, it should be, Sonny, but it's not going to be because look at the entire field of Republican candidates, even of Democrats or so-called, you know, Democrat adjacents like Bobby Kennedy Jr., for example. Every one of them is in the bag for Israel. You know, they're all fighting the Me Too war to show how much they are willing to sell themselves out, prostitute themselves to Israel. So, you know, I would love to find somebody that actually had a chance of getting elected that was at the very least, independent on the issue of uh, Israel. Well, but I don't think we're going to find it because money talks and BS walks, right, and th- they have the money. That, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that was not his only problem, uh, and he, he had uh, all the charisma of Mr. Rogers. So uh, that that really hurts in retail politics. It does. Now, I want to ask you this very quickly. This is a way too soon question, but just give me, gentlemen, your dream vice presidential pick. Now, I'm not saying you're you – know, we could say David Duke, somebody like that. I'm talking about realistic. Uh, who, who would be your horse there? Way too early. This is almost uh, tabloids-type bubblegum. Comment- it might not be way too early because I, I think the decision is probably going to be made within a month. It's going to be by Super Tuesday. Well, who, who would you like? I don't know if it would be that early. They normally don't even announce it until the convention. But uh, go Keith and then Sonny. Well, I think it's going to be Trump. And Trump- well, I know that, but who's going to be his VP? Who would you like to see? That's the question. Well, quite frankly, I think Vivek would be as good as anybody. I mean, I don't see anyone else out there that's anything other than a, uh, a, a rubber stamp. Now, again, we're Israel. talking about realistic best best case scenario. I think I think he would solidify the conservative vote. He has ideas very much like Trump. He's smart enough and he's young enough to probably find a way All to right. get them into law. That was DeSantis's big plus was that he knows how to use the government and Trump didn't. Trump had great ideas, but he didn't know how to translate those into law. Sonny? I would say Vivek as well. But if, really? if he's looking for a little bit of a, a more of a mixed thing, unfortunately, he's running for Senate now. But otherwise, I would have said my choice, I wouldn't say my choice, but my suspicion would have been Kerry Lake. Because um, if you've seen any of her huh. um, speeches for Trump, so she's definitely a, a, a right. to reckon with. That's in interesting. Fact, she's got a she has a media background herself, so she knows how the media works. Otherwise, I would have originally said uh, MTG. All right. Okay. Well, you know, this is interesting. Between the two of you guys who are as solid and as ardent pro-white partisans as there could possibly be, uh, no white, <laughs> no names of white men have been uh, bandied about yet for the VP pick. Well, look, the reality is that if you don't have the Jews behind you, you're not going to get elected. That's it, period. And even – when you pander to the left and to the Jews, which is the same thing, basically, it doesn't matter to them. They, you know, nobody kissed their behinds like uh, Trump did, and uh, they hate him with a passion that's pure well, and true. I, it's, it burns with a gem-like flame. We're, this, is, this is saccharin for uh, talk radio to talk about VP picks. We've got to get back to the hard issues, and we are about to, I promise. But it is fun to sort of have these conversations sometimes. I mean, everybody has them around the water cooler, right? Well, if you're talking well, about hey, Jerry James, Lake, it was I, interesting to hear you. Yeah. I, I'm still waiting on an Edwards Alexander ticket. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me – well, wait, I got wait, to wait, you. Wait, I'd wait, vote wait, for wait, that wait. one. We're, we're – uh, 
We're, we're getting our, 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 our election ballot. I saw that, Sonny. Yeah, Sonny made T-shirts for us last year, but <laughs> yeah, or well, last cycle. We're going to run for president and vice president of the South Pole. All right, <laughs> listen, I'm all for uh, you know a white man taking a job, but you're right. I mean, there hasn't been any white men that could seriously be put into the seat. I mean, we're not talking about... Uh, again, people that you know, we could say any of the guests on this show would be a great vice president. But uh, we're talking about who he might realistically pick. Now, I don't personally think that women should even really be voting. But if you had to check a topic of, hey, you got to have a woman because they were pushing Nikki Haley as his VP. You got to have a woman. You got to check this box. You got to consolidate. Uh, you know, uh, you got to consolidate uh, the the party. You can't just have the MAGA. You got to get the the establishment in there too. I don't know if this would do it, uh, but it does check uh, the box of woman and non-white who is pro-white and uh, actually uh, bumped into her last year at an, at an event. Uh, what, what does anybody think? Roger Stone recommended this is the reason I'm bringing it up. Roger Stone said this is the person he should pick for VP, Tulsi Gabbard. Well, possibly so, but on the other she's hand. She's great on war, and she's good on the pro-white issue. But we also need to realize that this stuff And she about, ate Kamala's lunch in the Democratic debate. She's a you know, former Democratic <laughs> congresswoman. Yeah. And no, no she, I think she would be, but basically we've got to break out of this bind of uh, uh, identity politics. If we're not going to be allowed to have identity politics as white heterosexual males, then we should basically ignore the whole thing. You know, Trump's base does not require, uh, you know, boxes to check. They're not interested in that. And basically, I think they cost themselves more votes than they get when they do that. But on the other hand, in this situation, I think Tulsi Gabbard or Carrie Lake would be a much and uh, much better choice than uh, any of the other males that come out with the exception of Vivek. I mentioned this because, again, Roger Stone brought it up. Y'all are talking about Vivek and some women, and I get why you're doing it. I'm going to get emails about this, I can guarantee you. Where were the white? Is there any white man on the scene, though, that could realistically be picked that's better than the people y'all are mentioning, though? That's the thing. Now, yes, David Duke, Jared Tater, Peter Brimelow, great VP, but, you know, being serious. No, and somebody with a... Uh, Maybe Thomas Massey or somebody. Okay, like now that. there you go. That, that no, no, that 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 would be one. That that actually is one. He doesn't have any national profile, but he would definitely be one that would that I would love to see. Yeah, we need instead to, of look, Thomas man, Massey, I would say Sonny Steve. Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> let's get Sonny. Yeah, Sonny's my man. <laughs> All right, uh, and Bobby Hibbs. Yeah, uh, Sonny's so true. We love you. <laughs> All right, we're going to get off of that. We're going to get off of that. Washington Post headline, a MAGA-created nightmare is unfolding for Ukraine. Let's hope so, right? We'll be right back. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com.
Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, Keith is making a comment before the last break about this headline, Washington Post, a MAGA-created nightmares unfolding for Ukraine. He said, what did you say, Keith? I said it's been a nightmare for all males in Ukraine. Uh, right now they're taking in, uh, they're drafting 60-year-olds, I guess, with their walkers and auction tanks to go out there on the front line. They've just about run out of all males. All right, Sonny, uh, well, you know, Brad Griffin. who bring all those women over here and has, get all these incel guys and Gen X and uh, uh, millennials and whatnot and get them matched up with them. <laughs> it might, might, might re- re- revive uh, hope for the white race in America. Uh, the uh, uh, Brad Griffin has uh, video footage from a CNN report of, uh, you know, the Ukrainians are you know, dropping dr- uh, bombs from drones on Russian soldiers, and the Russian soldiers just keep coming. They get blown up, and then the ones that don't die just keep on trucking in. Here, Here's the situation. Brad writes, sure, the Speaker of the House is a, a cringe APAC stooge, but at the moment I appear to be getting what I wanted in exchange for voting for the Republicans in the 2022 midterms. Ukraine has been stalled in Congress for months and appears to be dead in an election year. The foreign aid package for Israel also never passed the Senate. Gridlock has been better than a Democratic Congress. Even if another round of Ukraine aid cleared Congress, it wouldn't change the outcome of the war. It would only extend the misery for a few more months. Everyone is already dead in Ukraine. So here's what's going on, of course, Sonny, is that, you know, and we talked about this last fall after Mike Johnson uh, was installed as Speaker of the House. The Republican Congress, uh, the Republican House passed all these uh, resolutions, these toothless resolutions, uh, supporting Israel and condemning anti-Semitism and all of this, you know, very cringe-worthy stuff, but they haven't really done anything in terms of concrete action that has been uh, against what we would have wanted. They passed this stuff on paper, but it hasn't met uh, the real world. So uh, it looks as though uh, they have uh, cut off the feedback to uh, Zelensky, and this thing is just now waiting for the Zel- sand to fall from the hourglass. Have you noticed that Zelensky is changing his tune now? He's uh, basically sending out feelers for piece but you know has he changed his shirt yet though he's been wearing that for three (laughs) (laughs) all right sonny what do you make of what's going on in ukraine well like like uh this was mentioned the fact that all the women keep coming over here through these dating apps and stuff i think they got a serious uh rejuvenation of population problem after the fact so unlike other countries that seem to be obviously embracing pro-family things russia's been doing it for a while they've even actually um actually have launched a nuclear Hungry family flag. Poland. 
Yeah, Hungary's also done it as well. Is that nature? So see, you see a lot of things that are starting to reinvest in their own people because they're always saying, well, our population is diminishing. We need to bring in all these foreign workers. The problem is in many of these cases, like in Norway, for example, they've had people been on the dole for almost 30 years now and never worked a day in their life. So you're not getting anything done. And the worst part of it is, is that um, some people that do want to come over here and legitimately want to achieve the American dream and do it the right way have a lot of hurdles they have to come through just to even get out of their home countries in some cases before they can even get here. So that's another issue. Nobody um, that has any well. sense uses the uh, try, uh, you know, the official sanctioned way because you're not going to get in that way. You just go to Mexico and you can get in. But, um, you know, the fact that you have all these Ukrainian women over there without mates is a perfect example of the old saying, it's an ill wind indeed that doesn't blow somebody some good. I would like to see that happen, quite frankly. And, uh, uh, you know, they're, we're, that's our problem. Everybody talks about the boomers this and the boomers that. Well, unfortunately, Gen X and millennials have more liberals in their cohort than the uh, cohort of boomers do. And we've got to get them, and they're not reproducing. So, you know, I'll turn back the boomer criticism on the millennials and Gen Xers and whatnot. Uh, do your part, get married, and have children, and then talk to us. Well, that's one thing at least the boomers did do. I had uh, three children. You know, I- I'm throwing a, a challenge out there to all millennial uh, white males and Gen X white males. Above Outdo replacement me. level fertility. Above yeah, you've got to have, have go, go for four children. Well, let's look, look, let's look at this for what it is. The social engineers since the 1950s, including those like Betty for Dan and others, have done an excellent job in destroying the family unit. I mean, I'm sure you've all been engaged in conversations when someone asks you, Hey, Keith, how many children do you have? You say three. He's like, man, you can cut that off, man. You know, something like that. They always make some derogatory comment about the fact that you have more than well, two they, children. They treat you like you're one of the Duggars. They ought to make a reality TV yeah. show for you, at least in a place like Memphis or Cleveland or something like that, because it's so Not difficult. That, you don't, you don't and, see shows like Eight is Enough anymore and things or Brady Bunch where they have, you know, decent well, sized we'll see what, families coming together. And that all started with Brown versus Board of Education. Suddenly, children became a great financial burden because you had to send them to private school unless you wanted them to grow up to be uh, pimps or whores, basically. Right, right. Well, well, that, beat but, up or otherwise traumatized, yeah. When you look at who some of the globalists were that have been playing politics in this country for a long time, a lot of it started with, for example, the abolitionists that were pushing all that stuff. And then when they finally got what they wanted, they needed a new faction to focus on. So they focused on the suffragette movement. So let's get women the right to vote. Well, why do you want to do that? Well, it divides the house. And secondly, if you get them out of the house and start to work, now you got to send the kids to school. Now we've got their children. We can indoctrinate them. So it's gone way beyond the three R's well, of reading, well, writing, arithmetic. It's, it's turned into much, something well, much more nefarious. Well, look. We're shadowboxing with the real problem. The real problem is Jewish power and influence. <laughs> you know, look, I can tell you that uh, the people I went to school with were not in the forefront of any type of liberal movement back then. I remember when I was in the seventh grade, and they marched us into the uh, gymnasium. We had to remain silent. We thought World War III had started, and instead our principal announced solemnly that President Kennedy had been shot and killed. And there was a pregnant pause for a moment, and then raucous cheering and celebration broke out in the whole school. So I don't think, uh, you know, all this stuff about boomers, boomers are a mixed lot. But 
the ones that really had the secret sauce well, what generation to make things is, go what generation were the Jews in the, the boomer generation. All right, okay? let's see where – well, I mean, you know, I, I appreciate that. Every, I, I say everybody knows that. Hopefully everybody tuning into this program is, uh, you know, aware of, of that. But I still have to say we have to have our own agency, all right? The buck has to stop with white people. I mean, do we just absorb what happens to us or do we make things happen? Yes, this other group has done a number on us, but at the end of the day it comes to us to stop that. Well, we got to stop, but every other generation. Look, there's been no generation since the Middle Ages of white males that has done a good and effective job of resisting the takeover of Jewish power and influence in their nation. Well, I mean, before that generation, before, before that generation, we did all right. Uh, t- uh, look, no, <laughs> no, they start breaking once. That's because we didn't have Jews over here until basically the 1890s, and by 1912. They basically took over the control now, of the government. certainly since then, nobody's done any better, that's for sure. But anyway, hey, let's look at this, Sonny, and you, you weigh in on these polls. And, and tell me if you see this, too, in your own activism. Uh, this, again, from our friend Brad Griffin. And we're going to get into Martin Luther King Day. We were too busy last week to cover it, but it's still the week the of. So <laughs> rather than doing it before, we'll do it a week after, and it's still uh, relevant. But. It's MLK Day 2024, Brad writes, and it's time for our annual tradition of exposing MLK as a degenerate oh, communist who was elevated into yep. the pantheon of our national heroes by the liberal mainstream media, the zenith of its power in the 1960s. Usually, MLK is celebrated by the mainstream right as well and held as a conservative civil rights icon. That's, that's proof positive that the so-called conservative uh, is a cuck. But that's changing. Yeah. That's the key. This is what we're talking about. While the alt-right or the dissident right provides the counter-programming, but this it's 2024, though. Here is uh, the polls now. I, I was had intended to share this with David Zuddy in the first hour when we were talking about polling, but these are establishment polls, uh, not the Homeland Institute polls, which are you know just as accurate, if not more so. But this is interesting that this is what establishment polling is, is finding. Uh, I'll read you a few that have come out within the last few days to few months. Over 80% of Republican voters, Sonny, agree with Trump that immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. One in four Republican voters oppose laws to protect interracial marriage. 61% believe in the Great Replacement. 47% would support a national divorce. 48% don't believe it's important to condemn white nationalism. 70% of young Republicans are giving up on democracy. Only 39% of Republican voters now believe that MLK Day should be a federal holiday. That means that... What's the what is that? Sixty one percent don't believe that the hardening of racial attitudes began in the summer of Floyd and have rapidly accelerated under Joe Biden. Today, if you support MLK and the Civil Rights Act of 64, you're starting to be perceived as a cuck even on the mainstream right. The ground, gentlemen, is shifting against MLK worship. I go. Basically, we took the gloves off when they started taking down the white uh, hero statues and particularly Confederate statues. After that, we're not going to hold back about Martin Luther King. Anymore. Well, it's not just that. I mean, it's the Confederate statues and everybody else who happens That's to have been white. Yeah, yeah. Well, other whites. Like, well, I mean, like, there's no doubt, Keith, that it has accelerated since the Biden inauguration. The last three or four years, Sonny, have just been a real groundswell of movement in our direction from the general white population. Do you agree with that, Sonny? Yes, we've seen that in a lot of Marxist takeovers in other countries like Rwanda and South Africa, where they go and take down their statuary. Uh, first and foremost, because they want to take away symbolisms of resistance or inspiration. This is actually part of the Bolshevik tactic of being able to um, start demoralizing the country, which uh, um, 
I just forgot the man name off the top of my head. Is it Yuri Brekhanov, whatever the guy that um, G. Have a Griffin had introduced back in the 80s as a defector, and he's explaining exactly how they do it. And he was amazing. He came to this country, how far advanced they already were into, like, some of the lower orders of the demoralization. So, I mean, he could see it back then. I mean, like you talked about earlier about the with the millennials and stuff, many millennial men won't even consider marriage until they're at least into their 30s and probably won't consider having more than two children because of the fact that they don't want to be robbed for child support and not have a say in the child's upbringing. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more from Sonny Thomas, Keith Alexander, and yours truly, James Edwards. There was, gentlemen, an American hero who had a birthday this week. His name was General Robert Edward Lee. We'll be right back. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers. More snow in store for more than 100 million Americans this weekend. Forecasters say two back-to-back storms spreading at least three inches of snow across some 18 states, from Wyoming to New York. The second part of the storm will dump more snow on parts of the Midwest, Northeast, and Mid-Atlantic. The weather next week, though, expected to be almost spring-like, with temps more like March than January. Over much of the U.S., instead of temps being 30 to 40 below zero, they will be more like 10 to 20 degrees above normal. President Biden still believes there can be a solution between Israel and Palestine. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters Friday that Biden made those comments to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, but they do not want the president using a certain phrase. You know, when you use the phrase river to the sea, it, it speaks basically to the mantra of Hamas and in their manifesto where they basically describe the geographic bounds of what they believe to be Palestine. And if you look at it on the map, if you go look at the the four corners that they describe it, it's basically the state of Israel. They just don't believe it should exist. The comments come after Netanyahu rejected the idea for a Palestinian state once the conflict in Gaza is over. Japan is now the fifth country to successfully land on the moon. Their SLIM lander touched down on the moon yesterday. SLIM stands for Smart Lander for Investigating Moon. And it's part of a cargo research mission. Japan now joins the U.S., China, India, and Russia as countries that have landed on the lunar surface. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive Burger Perfection Flight for just $79.99. Go to OmahaSteaks.com and use promo 
code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each Pure Ground Burger so you can sample all the steak-on-a-bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com, use promo code TREAT at checkout, and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, Ann Wilson-Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Santa Claus, or look what the store just brought, thank God for kids. We'd all live in a quiet house, without Big Bird or a Mickey Mouse, and Kool-Aid on the couch, thank God for kids. Thank God for kids, there's magic for a while. Special kind of sunshine and a smile. Did you ever stop to think or wonder why? The dearest thing to heaven is a child. Ah, oh, what a beautiful song. That's the Oak Ridge Boys, folks. Uh, That'll put a lump in your throat. Uh, Sonny, you've got uh, a topic that was tailor-made for that one. Uh, please share it with us. Uh, yes, um, I spoke at the CFCC conference back in 2013, and actually that was actually one of the talking points that I omitted because I thought it might have been a little too hardcore at the time. But now I realize that uh, they error my way, and I should have went ahead and said it. 
Um, and babies and families, what makes this all possible, ladies and gentlemen, because the fact that, that not only is it our legacy is through our children, grandchildren, and so forth, but the same stroke, um, we are their leaders and mentors. So it is a symbiotic circle that needs to be preserved, especially with our people, because of the fact that in the Roman times, one of the things I respect about the Romans is they always look to the past for inspiration. Unlike most people trying to look for the future today. And so, for example, certain people in the past of certain families may have done great things and that shadow will always cast long over that family's legacy. A prime example is someone like um, Brutus. As much as you may see him as the bad guy in some cases, it was Brutus's ancestor that actually exiled Tarquinius, the last king of Rome. So that's why they said if Caesar is a tyrant, then a Brutus must wield the knife. So basically that duty was thrust upon him through his family lineage that he is to be the uh, oppression against tyrants. So that is a calling for some. And I just seen recently in one of my Twitter feeds that uh, George Patton's um, grandfather, do believe, um, was also a high-ranking member in the Confederate Army. So, I mean, what a great lineage to come from. And one of the greatest warriors this country's ever produced besides Robert E. Lee is George S. Patton. So, and, 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 um, and of course, he was done in by Jewish power that, and influence. That's right. But, but one of the things that um, uh, we should always look at, though, gentlemen, is that the South is a warrior class because more Southerners have gotten the Congressional Medal of Honor than anywhere else in the re- in the country. Here, here. And that could be Audie, Audie Murphy and anyone else. So, I mean, these are all Southerners. These guys are warriors. I mean, you, you look at, I mean, obviously what John Hill is doing right now for his ancestor, yes. you know, General A.P. Hill, and the stuff he's going through. If you've re- watched his Twitter feed, um, not only has it been a, a, a very engaging battle for him, but at the same stroke, he is constantly reminded the goodness of the Southern people, the generosity, and this is a very values, for example, of why his ancestor fought for the Confederacy. He wasn't just fighting for his homeland. He was fighting for what he believed in. And that's one of the things that the leftists and the globalists try to destroy is that Southerners are all about slavery. No, really, it was about monetary issues first because South Carolina was threatening to secede as early as 1833. Uh, due to uh, the taxation policies in this country. So they've had three secession conferences before they finally succeeded in 1861. So a lot of people don't realize that. But when it comes to babies and families, like if anyone watches science fiction, um, they did a reboot of Battlestar Galactica back in the 2000s. And it, you know the basic premise where their creations basically have, have they kill all the colonies and you have just a small batch of humans left trying to escape the, you know, their, their creation and stuff. And one of the things that the, the new civil government was trying to say with the military is, like, look, one thing we need to consider here is we need to conserve. We need to have babies. And, it, it is, and that Adama just looked at her kind of quizzically. Are you serious? He's like, yes, if we're going to survive as a species, we need to have children. So, again, that's just a pretty obvious moment at that point, especially since it takes 18-plus years to germinate, you know, uh, from the moment of conception to a fully articulated adult. That's still a long time. But with the stuff that's going on nowadays, we need to speed up the process a little bit, and that's where homeschooling is definitely a plus. Get your kids out of the public schools. Amen. Yeah. Teach, Amen. Them, teach them at home. 
Well, so. Keith, I want to, Sonny, to your point, Sonny, I, pardon the interruption, but I want to work this in while it's on my mind and get Keith's reaction to that, and then we'll come back to you. But, do, well, I mean, this is a question, I guess, for both of you on this topic. And, of course, you know, he who keeps his quiver full is going to inherit the earth. Do you believe mm-hmm. that in this age of, you know, rampant wokeism and leftism and uh, homosexuality and everybody fancying that, transgenderism, uh, that the, the freaks among us are going to do themselves in and it will be the fundamentalists and, uh, and the Muslims, frankly, that are going to inherit the earth in the not-too-distant future? Is, is that... Is that a fool's errand? Is that a wishful thinking? Or is it going to be those types of people, the Mormons, the Amish, the people who are having big families? Uh, these other people aren't reproducing. You want to talk about the white birth rate being low, and it is. It's not in replacement level fertility in many of our nations, most of our nations. But I guarantee you it's worse on the other side. It's not the fundamentalist Christians who are having this problem. No, and in the Jewish uh, population, for example, the Reformed Jews, the uh, wealthy powerful ones that are basically running our government they have a bad birth dearth as they would say but on the other hand the ones that are reproducing are the people at the lower end of the uh, economic scale and any species not just human beings that wants to preserve itself has uh, a priority of propagation in protecting their uh, young for example in an anthill if uh, some animal invades anthill. What are they uh, most intent upon? The, the people being the, the ants being attacked. What are they most interested in preserving? The nursery, where all, all right. the uh, animal, where all the baby ants are. This is key. I think this is an interesting conversation that's come up because of the topic that Sonny has suggested. I mean, Sonny, if you look around, I know we're getting bombarded on all sides. It seems as though we've, you know, well, it doesn't seem as though over the course of, uh, you know, since the 1960s, 50s, we've lost ground on every front, almost to the point of no return. However. Anybody who studies history knows that it doesn't move in a straight line. It swings on a pendulum. And I'm looking around, and I'm looking at the people who are having babies. When's the last time you saw a hardcore leftist family with 8 to 10 kids? We know a lot of people who have that many kids on this program. No, they're scarce as hen's teeth, and that's what we've got to do. The problem is, again, going back to my old bugaboo, the Brown versus Board of Education decision, that was the beginning of the uh, intentional ratcheting down of white birth rates. They knew that when they integrated the schools, no conscientious parent that lived in a majority black area could send their children to public schools, and experience proved that to be a correct assessment. So uh, they made it a financial burden to have children. We have people now that have said, you know, I'm not going to worry about whether I have enough money to send my kids to college. I'm going to have the children and then trust Providence that things will work out. That's what you've got to do. You've got to have hope in order to have children. Well, that's all, you're right, and you have to have an undisturbed nest, uh, an undisturbed breeding ground in order to feather your nest and all of that. But at the same time, Sonny, I mean, your, your take on this, uh, maybe the left has been too clever by half because even though that did depress our birth rates, it didn't depress them as much as the left has done to their own. What, uh, feminist career women in office cubicles their own lives, you know, going barren? Uh, so do you think that this is a case, uh, Sonny, where one day uh, this is actually going to swing back in a big way? Because, again, I look at the people having big families now and the people who aren't having kids, and our people are having more kids if you look at it. And everybody that we know in our circle who has a lot of children – is doing a great job of raising them. Now, children. and you say, well, the left mm-hmm. never had to out 
populate us. They never had to outbreed us. They get our kids through the institutions, through public schools. There is a lot of truth to that. However, I think that that is changing, too. I think a lot of people are really distancing themselves from the... You've got to protect your children like the anthill does. If they're trying to poison your children's minds through public schools, take them out of school. If they're doing it in private schools, take them out of those private schools and homeschool. All right. Sonny, are we on to something here, or is this uh, wishful thinking? Yes. I mean, I, when I went to high school in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, and here in Dayton, we only had one East Side high school left. It was Belmont High School. And they were trying to skip me clear across town um, over to Dunbar. Uh, yeah, as Paul Lawrence Dunbar. And um, my mom threw an absolute pissy fit over that. She's like, why the hell would I want to send my kid clear across town? When he could walk to school just like I did, because she went to the same school as well um, her senior year. You so, didn't want to be a Dunbar Dumbo. No. And, and, and we used to joke about uh, Colonel White, it was generally black. So um, <laughs> so that was an interesting thing. Of course, now it changes from Colonel White to uh, Thurgood Marshall High School. So, yeah, okay, whatever. So, um, <laughs> which is interesting, too, because I, I just looked up on, on the match thing recently. I was walking 1.7 miles to school every day, four days for four years. And now these kids can't do it. They all have to be bused. And so that's the serious problem that our kids can't even walk and stay in physical shape because they're controlled by schools and busing. Hold on right there. Sonny Thomas, the one and only Sonny Thomas, our good friend, longtime friend, 2013. He will call a spade a dirty shovel, folks. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
All right, everybody. Uh, before we go any further, one more segment with Sonny Thomas. You heard from David Zuddy earlier tonight. Folks, it has been a busy year already. I'm, you know, We're blitzing through January, no problem uh, whatsoever. Last week, how about last week's show oh, with Augustus Invictus, Brother Nathaniel, yeah. and David Duke all on the same show? I, I tell you what, that's murderer's row. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. i got to go back in the archives myself now. Who would we have on uh, – Prior to that, who'd we have on the second week? I gotta, I gotta go look. They go by every week is an adventure, and every week feels like an eternity. It's like, it's like the early nineteen sixties uh, Yankees who uh, had murderers row. The you know, uh, the top of the batting order was uh, second to none. No, I tell you what, it's been uh, it's it's been busy already. We did a you know, focus on the Knoxville Horror that first week of uh, the year. Revisited my CNN appearance about that one, and then. Well, this is just what this is just our third. It's just our third show, yeah, because we, we didn't come on until the sixth. So this is only our third show of the year. It feels like it's been longer than that, but it's been fun. Uh, David Zuddy tonight of the Homeland Institute. Sonny, give us all your contact information. You do a great job. Uh, you, you can look up me on uh, Resolution Radio, and then um, you can find me on Winken, Getter, Gab, Twitter, and Telegram. And um, most of those are under Resolution RDO. On Twitter, it's Resolution RDO number one. Uh, so you can um, listen. To this, and you can also just do a general search. You can find me on various different podcasts. I just found out uh, the other day I'm on Podbean. I didn't even know. Um, so there's a lot of other um, algorithms that also um, syndicate our network on there as well. And we just recently added uh, Keep and Bear Radio, which is a radio program from Buckeye Firearms Association, um, as well as the Firearm trainers podcast we've been featuring like the last nine months uh so we've been doing a lot of pro second amendment programming on our network and we're uh, look, always looking to add more programs as well and, and wanting to groom new talent so if you are a voice maybe you want to give uh podcasting a, uh, a try uh definitely get a hold of me because in fact i'm always willing to bring new talent forward well, I, I tell you what, we really appreciate you, Sonny. Of course, we're on the Liberty News Radio mothership here, but uh, in addition to hosting the Sonny Thomas Show, uh, Sonny is the proprietor of Resolution Radio, and uh, he actually synd- further syndicates TPC. So we're one of the programs that he carries, in addition to being here on Liberty News uh, Radio and the other affiliate stations that carry us, of course, the online stream too. So we really appreciate you giving us an extra outlet there, Sonny. Huge assist, and uh, we're grateful. And uh, definitely check out his show. Uh, Sonny's doing all the work we're doing here. And, Sonny's uh, been doing it for a long time. Let a He's thousand roses com- bloom or a thousand. Like he said, he, back in 2013, he was, uh, you know, toiling in the vineyard. Uh, a lot yeah. of, before a lot of the people nowadays were even, uh, you know, uh, adults. He was hit before it was cool, that's for sure. Well, listen, let me read an email here that we got just last week. Uh, this comes from a listener in Texas, I believe. Yes, greetings from Texas, he writes. So this is Will from Texas. Uh, I'm writing to inquire if uh, y'all know of a way to obtain a copy of Drew Lackey's Another View of the Civil Rights Movement. It is unavailable at the usual outlets, and I'm in need of a copy for my home library. While on the subject, is it possible to find it in your broadcast archives, your interview with Drew Lackey? I was hoping to share it with my wife and children. Uh, One last thing. Brother Alexander mentioned a few times last week the need for our people to practice uh, uh, practice defense for self-preservation. I thought this would be an excellent subject to visit about with uh, Dr. Chuck Baldwin in a future show. That's it for now. My family and I are looking forward to uh, this week's show. I pray that 
God watches over you and strengthens you. Yours in Christ will. Well, listen, we really appreciate all the emails and letters, uh, handwritten, email, however you get it to us, electronic. We appreciate it. Uh, but, yes, we failed to do our normal bit on King Day, and we're going to tie that in uh, with uh, the unveiling of this intermittent special series that we're going to be uh, putting forth monthly here during our 20th anniversary year, TPC at 20 Retrospective. Now, uh, I probably foreshadowed it too much, but we're going to play clips from that interview with Officer Drew Lackey, who went on to become Chief of Police Drew Lackey in Montgomery, Alabama, during the height of the Civil Rights Movement. He was photographed in really one of the most iconic photos in American history, fingerprinting Rosa Parks. He booked and jailed both Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King. We talked to him. There were two sides to that story. Only one made it through the Iron Curtain of the media in the 60s, and we talked to these people in uh, as you know as late as the uh, mid 2000s and this is something i don't know of any other media interview that he did i i, I don't i'm not saying if that there wasn't but there, it, i don't know of any other the truth would have died with him but so we're going to play we have it. some clips of that interview in the next uh hour and that's going to kick off our tpc at 20 a retrospective series one hour per month one of 12 uh, tonight, and we'll be doing that throughout this year as we look back on some of the really iconic interviews that made TPC. One of the key mistakes that people on our side of the uh, aisle make is insisting on either lionizing Martin Luther King or lionizing the Civil Rights Movement. The, the Civil Rights Movement was just the first in a number of radical, egalitarian, left-wing movements that basically flew under false colors. The Civil Rights Movement was not pro-black, it was anti-white. The Homosexual Rights Movement was not pro-homosexual, but anti-heterosexual. The Feminist Movement was not pro-woman, it was anti-male. And that's what people need to understand. Everything that was done was done under a false uh, proposition, basically. They, they are basically intended to destroy us all right so and we'll get into that more in the next hour keith because again we're not playing an old tape for a full hour we're going to be playing clips from this interview with all new reactions uh from uh, yours truly and keith but uh sunny to you on this great article at american renaissance this week by gregory hood it was published on january the 16th our conservatives finally learning and you have this Alt-light tier, people like Charlie Kirk, who as recently as just, what, four or five years ago was calling Martin Luther King a uh, conservative hero. Now he's saying it's he's a saying, myth that has been created and grown totally out of control. The scales I, have fallen from his eyes. I mean, he's saying everything we would say, and he's not the only one. He's saying the things we were saying 20 years ago Maybe on this he's show. Been listening. And, well, I, this is the truth. You can give TPC and others like us, not just us, but all the other truth-tellers that have been doing it before it became popular, just taking our beatings and continuing to tell the truth, uh, you, can, you can definitely thank those trailblazers. You mentioned the Council of Conservative Citizens. They were another one. Now a lot of people are doing it. What do you make of it, Sonny? Two questions to you with three minutes remaining. Uh, how did you celebrate King Day last Monday? And what do you make of the conservatives shifting uh, to the point where uh, the, you're, you're really considered a cuck even in their ranks if you're still honoring King? This is, uh, this is pretty profound. I mean, this is something to take note of. I did not celebrate that fraudulent day. And secondly, um, <laughs> I often share articles from National Vanguard on that very topic. 
uh, because they've been talking about that for decades as well, from Dr. Pierce and um, uh, Kevin Alfred Strom and others, uh, as well as Will Williams. So, I mean, many other individuals on that website have put some excellent literature together about the King fraud, and that the now the FBI files have been un, uncensored on King in 2017, really find out just what type of uh, narcissistic animal he really was. And he's not a Republican. He was funded by communists and Jews. And it's pretty obvious also some of the other nefarious activities that went on during his watch. I'm surprised his wife stuck with him. If, if she would have known then, which she probably knew well, she later on. She stuck with him for the stuck. same reason that Jackie Kennedy stuck with uh, John Kennedy, because uh, he... He was ringing the cash register for Well, this is real progress, though. This is real progress, though, to see the conservatives move. You know, and I don't, I don't say that necessarily disparaging. I mean, I know a lot of good conservatives. I think, you know, it, the, the answers that conservatism have aren't the answers that we need. We need more than that, obviously. But that, that's another conversation. But I think this is progress. This is something that is you would have never believed would have happened five years ago, that the people that are denouncing King now, very mainstream. Well, not that, but we should look at all the individuals. Well, let's, let's be honest, breaking into the mainstream. Well, no, no. I mean, these are people that are, you know, they're at CPAC and, you know, with Trump and all that stuff. So, anyway, go ahead. I mean, we should look at all the civil rights movement individuals. I mean, they personally, if you had to pick between King or Malcolm X, I prefer Malcolm X. It was much more the real deal. Uh, he also realized towards the end before he was murdered that whites weren't really the enemy, that they were actually a good ally. And then that being said, of course, George Nick and Rockwell – uh, was a very that, much that, an outspoken that signed critic. his death warrant. Yeah, so I mean, he he was an outspoken critic as well. You go listen to his speeches, and you can't disagree with the stuff that he said. Unfortunately, he's taken out by one individual in nope. his own ranks, just like Malcolm X was. But the thing is, King is trying to be more of a fraud as time goes on, and uh, of course, a lot of the millennials and stuff don't have any connection with that time period, don't care, and so basically, King's becoming irrelevant. Exactly. Wow. He has lost his relevance. Farrakhan, by the way, is another interesting case. But, yeah, yeah the, the, the king mythology is losing its relevancy. I think that's and, a key And we away. basically have Sam Francis to thank for gathering all that information when they were trying to make Martin Luther King Day a national holiday. He was working in the office of Senator John East of North Carolina. And when East was in there, they call, uh, called Jesse Helms, who was also a senator from North Carolina, the liberal senator from North Carolina tongue-in-cheek because East was so far to the right, he was almost like us. And as a result, Sam Francis gathered all this information, put it in something that was as big as the D.C. phone book, and plopped it on the desk of all the senators and people like Pat, uh, uh, what was that guy from New York, said, this is filth and whatnot. He said, yeah, but it's true filth. Well, folks, listen, another great hour here on TPC. Sonny Thomas, thanks for being along for the ride and co-hosting this hour with us. I really enjoyed, Keith, when we did it. It was a little more than a year ago. We went back and we revisited, just through clips, our interview with George Wallace Jr., Governor Wallace's son. That was a great interview, and I really liked how we did it, and that kind of gave birth See, to this all new of this series. Stuff, all of this stuff, basically, if we hadn't done it, it wouldn't be preserved for history. That was a fantastic interview with uh, Governor Wallace's son, Really eye-opening on the governor's involvement with Elvis. Just so much. Anyway, we played clips, and that gave birth to TPC at 20, a retrospective, a series that we're going to be doing in 12 parts, one per month, and it's going to continue. It's going to begin, debut, with Officer Drew Lackey. That interview next. Thank you, Sonny.